Hey fans, welcome to Sideline Attraction. I'm your host, Taylor Ahrens, and this is a no-level playing field because I'm calling the shots on these interviews and nothing is off limits. So step up to the plate, it's game on. Hey fan, it's Taylor, and I'm so excited to have you on the sidelines with me for this exciting new adventure, my podcast, Sideline Attraction. This podcast is something I decided to do because I've applied for like a billion jobs since graduating with my master's in sports administration and my undergrad in broadcast journalism. And seriously, I can't seem to get a job. So I figured, what the heck, I'll just create my own job. There's a lot to do with podcasting, and I'm still learning, but I hope you come along with me in this journey as I get better and better each week. Like a sports team, when we practice, we get better. And I've already chatted with some really cool people in all aspects of the sports world. There's so many different avenues in sports besides what you see on the field or on ESPN. So I can't wait for you to get to know my guest. So get your pom-poms ready, fans, and let's do this. I'm so excited for y'all to get to know my first guest. It's Luke Berryhill. He's a catcher in the Astros minor league organization. And he has a heck of a personality. I figured he would be a good first guest because if I messed up, he wasn't going to care if we had to do it again. And let's be honest, I had him do it again. So thanks, Luke, for being a trooper. But he's also a stud to go with that personality. And he just won Astros Minor League Player of the Year Award for 2021 season and is a talented singer. So he's a pretty cool dude. And I can't wait for y'all to get to know him. So get your pom-poms ready, fans. It's game time, and I'm kicking it off to Luke Berryhill. Hey, Luke. Welcome to Sideline Attraction. I'm so excited you're here. You're my first guest. You're the perfect first person for the job. Your personality is out of this world, and there's just so much to you, and I cannot wait to learn all about you and my listeners to get to know you. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. Let's just start from the beginning. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I am from Atlanta, Georgia, a little town called Canton. I went to River Ridge High School in Woodstock, Georgia. Just grew up playing baseball since I was like three years old and just, you know, played different sports growing up, but ended up falling in love with baseball and just stuck with it. I'm glad you found something you love at such an early age. Can you tell me what little Luke was like? Oh, man. My mom said I never cried hardly. Like I, I was a good kid, apparently. Okay, so funny, my, the very first at bat I ever had, they assumed I just knew the rules of baseball. They never told me which way to run. So I hit the ball and then I ran to third base. So if that, <laughs> I ran straight to third base. Yeah. I freaking love that story because a lot of people expect their children to be like the greatest of the great when they're in elementary school. And I know for a fact, I was hiding in the bathroom at dance competitions when I was little. And it, my hiding in the bathroom did me pretty well now. So it's very reassuring to hear that I wasn't the only one that started kind of rough. And you have all the right intentions, so you can only go up from there, right? And you did. So I want to know more about your family. Can you tell me what your mama's like, your dad? I know you're a big mama's boy. So yeah, mom, her name's Kelly. She works for a company called Site One Landscaping. It's the biggest landscaping company in the in the country. And their headquarters are actually in Atlanta. So she she's pretty much the face of it. She works at the front desk and everything. So kind of cool. My dad, his name's Larry. He is a project manager for a home building company. And he's been building houses for as long as I can remember. So they're both born and raised in Atlanta. And they met 25 years ago, something like that. And here we are. I have siblings. I have a brother. His name's Cody. He is 33. No, 34. I think he's, yeah, he just had a birthday. 
two sisters, Ashley and Chelsea. My sisters have a whole mess of kids. Love going to see them. I'm actually going to see uh, my sister Chelsea's kids play ball tomorrow. They're like seven and eight and stuff. So they're they're, they're still pretty young. It's, it's fun to watch. Oh, I bet they're so excited for their uncle Luke to go watch them play ball. I bet that gets them so pumped. Now I want to hear when you got serious about baseball. Hmm. I'd say probably sophomore year of high school. So when I was in middle school, I ended up hurting my back playing football. And so after recovering from that, the doctor pretty much said, you know, if you keep playing football, you might permanently injure your back and you won't be able to really walk again or do like have a normal life. So pretty much said, screw that. I'm playing baseball. For yeah, exactly. It's, it wasn't good. Well, it worked out pretty well. You're doing pretty good for yourself. So those are your words, not mine. <laughs> I'll stay humble over here. But yeah, probably sophomore year of high school. And then uh, I committed to Georgia Southern University as a sophomore. I had a, I went down there for a camp and, and did really well. And then they, they offered me a scholarship on the spot and took it. And then, uh, you know, just kept doing, kept doing my thing during high school and ended up being the perfect game All-American East catcher. They flew us out to San Diego for, for the All-American game. That was pretty cool. My junior year and then went senior year and then went to Georgia Southern. Ooh, Georgia Southern. Tell me about your time there. It was fun. Yeah, it's, it's got a reputation as a party school because it's down, way down South Georgia, middle of nowhere kind of thing. So everyone's got to make their own fun down there. And um, I definitely had, had some good times down there for sure. Were you a big partier? Did you live the college life? I have lived the college life. <laughs> On the record, I was 21 at the time. But uh, yeah, you know, you live, you and, you live learn. and you learn. But yeah, Georgia Southern was fun. In the long run, it was probably wasn't the best place for me because I, I felt like all the partying and stuff was getting in the way. Because how long were you there? Only a year and a half. I ended up leaving there and going to a junior college in Tennessee called Walter State and ended up playing better and ended up going to the University of South Carolina after that. That was quite the journey, but I love how everyone has their own path and you have to do what's best for you and what makes you happy. Which, speaking of that, what makes you happy besides playing baseball? I'd say country music. That's something I grew country up Country music? Yeah. My dad had a bunch of country bands and stuff growing up. He actually sang country music professionally back in like the late 80s and 90s. And so I just, I grew up around it. And you know, anytime I hear a country song, it just puts me in a good mood. That's, <laughs> that's about all there is to it. Wow, you made that segue so easy for me because not only do you play baseball, you're also an incredible singer. So do you play gigs? I do, yep. Yeah, around my hometown in uh, Woodstock and Canton, Georgia. Uh, there's a bunch of restaurants and, and little bars and breweries and stuff to play. So yeah, as of right now, I'm trying to get some gigs lined up here soon. Hopefully play maybe two, three a week uh, until I go back to spring training. Yeah, I play acoustic guitar. I've been doing that for probably four or five years. My dad definitely helped me with singing and, and like all the music aspect of it. And also my uncle, Kurt Lee Wheeler, for anyone in Georgia listening, look out for my uncle. He plays a lot. He's helped me a lot, like getting gigs and stuff and learning how to transport your equipment and set up right and all, all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've had some help for sure. Well, that's awesome that your uncle is helping you out a lot because I know starting anything is hard, especially with this podcast. I know it's a lot of trial and error. So that's great. You have a lot of help. And I want you to share with my listeners how you realized your singing was better than like the average show. So at my high school, I went to River Ridge High School and uh, every year they had a, it's called the Mr. River Ridge pageant. It was supposed to be like a, a funny male beauty pageant kind of thing, entertaining to raise money for charity. And I got nominated to do it. And so like, yeah, you know, I got, 
good personality, I think. So I think I'd, it'd be fun. And I had to have a talent. And so I was going to go up there and tell stupid jokes or something. I, I hadn't sang in front of anybody yet. But people, like I'd be like walking to my car and like after school or something and people would hear me singing by myself and they'd be like, hey, you're good. And so like they kept telling me I should sing instead of instead of the stupid jokes. And so the day before the pageant, I, I finally told my parents, yeah, I think I want to sing. And they were like, really? You never even sang in front of us. And so I said, here goes nothing. It took me like two hours to get the courage to sing in front of them. And then once I finally did that, they just said, okay, we got something here. Let's let's go to work. And the very next day, I was singing in front of like 500 people. And up on stage, it was nerve wracking as all get out. Throw you in the fire, literally. Oh, yeah. I, I can still feel it. Like just the shaking. I was so nervous. Were you shaking? Oh, yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. Were you shaking? Funny story about that. When I walked out there, I had the mic in my hand, shaking really bad. And it was dead drop quiet in there. I heard a girl in the front row say, <laughs> oh, poor thing. He's shaking. And I was like, ah, oh, why would you say that? <laughs> okay, thanks, honey. <laughs> you made me feel a lot better. <laughs> I, I wish I knew who that was so I could rip him a new one. But I don't even remember. I was just so in the zone. And so, yeah, I tried to stop shaking. It just made it even worse. And then uh, the music started and I did pretty good the first verse and chorus. And then the place went crazy and I couldn't hear the music. So I I forgot where to come in for the song. And so the next like 10 seconds, I was just standing up there just like, oh gosh, like, what am I doing? Uh, like, what, what are the words? And then I heard my dad in the back start singing and I got back on track and nobody ever mentioned that. So they, they all just congratulated me and said I did good. So, Well, you got the hardest part over with just standing up there holding a microphone and singing. At least you didn't like faint or something. That would be really embarrassing. Actually, I've done that in hot yoga. That's another story for another time. Let's not get into that. Back to you. Obviously, the stage fright didn't last long because you're playing gigs now. How do those work? Do you go to them? Do they come to you? How do you get those booked? Yeah, I usually go to them. Like it's a, it's probably a restaurant that I frequent or a bar that I go to with some of my friends and uh, they have live music. And so I tell them who I am, whatever, and say, hey, I'd like to do something. Here's my Instagram page. I got some videos on there, stuff like that. And usually they'll call me back in a few days and try to get something set up. My uncle, who I referred to earlier, he's got a bunch of pull. He's he's played hundreds of shows in the past couple of years. So he is a little, uh, little plug for me. So now and then. Well, I'm glad you're staying busy and doing all these gigs in your off season. But let's jump back to your season because you had an incredible one. And for my listeners that don't know about baseball, there are a lot of levels. There's a rookie league. There's a low A. There's a high A. There's a double A. There's a triple A before you even get to the major leagues. And Luke, you started at low A this season and you jumped all the way to double A. And not only that, you were the 2021 minor league player of the year for the Astros. That's incredible. How did it feel getting that reward? Oh my goodness. It was like all, all my work had finally paid off. So let's take a step back. I just had shoulder surgery. And so I was rehabbing down in our facility in Florida and I saw our assistant GM coming up to me. And I can't even imagine what was going through your head because I know when my coach calls me or like texts me at all, I drop everything. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I hear you. Oh yeah. I, I was holding my breath for sure. But you know, I, I know he likes me. So I mean, it, it wasn't too bad. But then he said, hey, Luke, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, hope you're doing good. Just wanted to let you know, me and uh, all the other front office people have voted you our minor league player of the year. And I was like, what? 
that's incredible. And then we talked for a few more minutes. And I immediately called my parents and my mom immediately just burst out into tears. She was at work. Poor thing. <laughs> my mom would do the same exact thing. That's she was just so proud of you. Nice. It's amazing. Yeah. Is that how they chose? They voted or was it more of like based on your stats? It was probably a little both. And then, uh, I mean, I know I had a good year, like overall, but then them finding out that I did it all with an almost completely torn labrum, I think that that probably pushed it over the edge a little bit. I'm not complaining, <laughs> honestly. I'll, I'll take I'll take the award either way. Well, damn, if you can do all of that with a hurt shoulder, watch out. Let's see what you're going to do this year. So let's backtrack to your season, get your mind back in the game day routine. For those that don't know, the minor league players play every day. They only get one day off a week. So is your day kind of like deja vu every day? Pretty much. Yeah, we get to the field at the exact same time every day. You go into the locker room, put all your stuff down, really chill out for like an hour or so unless you wanted to go like do rehab or stretch or something. Everyone's just chilling out in the locker room, playing cards, whatever. Me and some other buddies play cards almost every day. So um, that was the start of the routine. And then you know, just, just do whatever they had on the schedule every day. Like you know, at the beginning of the, the season, you're all like gung-ho, like ready to like go and go and go on the whole time. But towards the end of the season, you're just like, okay, when's BP? I might take a nap until then. Like, <laughs> so. I'm sure the difference between you and your teammates at the beginning of the season and the end of the season is drastic because I know towards the end of my season, I get exhausted and our season isn't even as nearly as long as yours. So I don't blame you trying to squeeze in naps whenever you can. Speaking of naps and locker room and all that shebang, can you tell me the juicy scoop? What goes on in the locker room? What's all the locker talk about? Depends on the day. You know, somebody could you know be breaking up with their girlfriend or something and we're all like, oh, sorry, man, blah, like that's tough. Or maybe they convinced me to bring my guitar into the locker room and we're all sitting around in the corner. I'm playing songs for them. And, you know, it's, it's something different every day. That's, that's what I love about it. It's, it's not monotonous. Luke is a catcher. I have always wondered, so when you go up to the mound and talk to the pitcher, what do y'all usually say up there? Is it usually strategy talk? Yeah, this, this is where the pitcher-catcher relationship comes into play. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the most important relationship of any position on the field because it's just you and them the whole game. So if you know like how their mind works and stuff, like if, if they start getting flustered and you need to like console them a little bit, be like, hey, it's all right, come on, we, we got this. Or if if it's a, a hard-headed dude that you need to kind of like kick in the butt or something, it just depends on the day. But then other times when it's just like bad luck or something, like the umpire screws us on a bad call and they walk a guy or something, I'll go up there and just be like, you see that girl behind the first base dugout and then or, or something like just make it throw, right. like, get their mind off. it. Yeah. And yeah, you, you got to be their coach and their friend and their bully at different times. You know, it's just, it's I love that. You, you got to be, you got to be the all around dude. I feel like the catcher is literally like the heart of the team. Like you do it all. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. 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 The people say it's the quarterback of baseball. So I love it. Oh, look at you throwing in a little football into baseball. This NFL cheerleader loves that. So now that you're in your off season, tell me a little bit more about that. Does everyone go home? What's the deal? Most people actually like right after the season, they like to go take a vacation or or just chill out and not really do anything for two weeks to a month or so. And that's pretty much what I do every time. I just I like to chill out, 
see family, see friends and stuff. And then once probably November hits, you're starting to get back into it. Up here in North Atlanta, we have a really good gym. It's called Rapid Sports Performance. A bunch of big leaguers go work out here, a bunch of minor league guys. So we got a great community around here and and good culture there. It it makes it so much fun. Yeah. Instead of just going to a gym by yourself kind of thing, like having other guys that are like working for the same goal around you, just like hyping each other up. It makes it so much better. I love that you have a group of guys that can hype you up, cheer you on. I'm definitely the hype girl in my group. I love to cheer my girls on. So tell me about your training in the off season. Is it harder, easier? How does that go down? They are definitely harder. We don't have to worry about performing that night. So it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how sore we get. We just kind of beat our bodies up and see how much they can take and try to get as big and strong and, and fast and flexible as possible. During the season, it's, it's more you know, maintaining strength and weight at that point. You don't want to lose too much weight or that's when – or body fat, I guess, like your body fat percentage. If it gets too low, then you have to start like dipping out of your muscle and that's when people start getting hurt. So you want to start maintaining weight throughout the season, maintaining strength. But yeah, during the off season, it's, it's all about gaining weight and strength and all that stuff. So literally building your body up so you can handle it when you get to spring training. Exactly. You and your teammates are scattered after the season because y'all live in different places in the off season. So do y'all keep in touch? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I talked to, I think, two of them today. Yeah, I got a couple of buddies that moved up with me to each level. So I got to see them all the time, the whole season. So um, we got to be pretty close. And then there's just those those guys that you just gel with that you might only play with for a couple of weeks that could turn out being your best friend for years to come. And you just, you know. I'm sure you have met so many people. Like your world is probably so small. Do you typically yeah. get along with everyone? I mean, you're the like friendliest person. So I'm sure you get along with everyone. But have you ever crossed paths with someone that's like, mm. <laughs> you know, in the Astros organization, I can't really think of anybody that I dislike. Honestly, I'm not just saying that because I'm in the Astros organization and trying to make them look good or anything. I really can't think of one person that I dislike. But usually in in every team in the past that I've been on, there's always that one or two that just rubs people the wrong way. I'm not going to say any names, but yeah, there's, you know, it's, it's usually a good group. It's usually a good group. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you haven't just been with the Astros. You were also with the Cincinnati Reds. When were you with them? 2019 out of college and then. Played eight games with them my rookie ball season, and then I pulled my oblique. And so I was out the rest of the season dealing with that. So, and then the COVID year hit, and I just stayed home that whole season. And then, yeah, during COVID season, it was, it was pretty tough. I worked at Ace Hardware probably six months. That was pretty fun. I, yeah, well, I what did you do that. there? Were you just like the all guy? Did it all? Uh, yeah, I, I was a jack of all trades. Sometimes I worked on the floor, stocking shelves, helping customers, and other times I'd be building grills and wheelbarrows and, and all kinds of stuff, delivering grills to people that ordered them. Honestly, I had a blast doing it. I had some, some fun coworkers and we always, we always made it fun somehow. Went to Instructs that next fall during the COVID year and I played pretty good in Instructs. And funny enough, we played the Indians. We shared a, a complex with the Indians when I was in Arizona with the, with the Reds. And after one of the games, I guess I took too long packing up and I missed the bus back to the Reds facility. And so I had to walk like the mile back carrying this like 50 pound bag over my shoulder. And I ended up walking half the way with an Astro scout. And so I ended up talking to him for like 30 minutes. And apparently he put in a good word for me and, and told him he liked what he saw. And like a month and a half later, I got traded to the Astros. So 
Last January, when you found out you were traded, tell me how that went down. Like when they called you, where were you? Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. I was at Waffle House with my buddy Dylan, who's a big league pitcher with the White Sox, and my buddy Kale, who I've known for a few years, went to high school with him and stuff. And I got a call from, I think, the director of player development with the Reds. And he said, yeah, how's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. We made small talk for a minute. And then uh, he said, hey, it sounds kind of loud in there. Can you go somewhere we can talk? And I'm like, oh, crap. This is, this is going to be great. So I walked outside and he said, you know what, Luke? I don't know how to say it. I'm sugarcoated or anything. So I'm just going to say it. You've been traded to the Houston Astros. And that was a very weird feeling. I just sat there for probably five to ten seconds. I didn't say anything. I was like, what in the world? Like Every time that I've changed teams in the past, it's been on my own accord. But mm-hmm. now like I've figured out I really don't have any say in all that at this point. But then uh, he said that they traded a, a good player for me and that they asked for me by name from the Reds. So that was that was kind of cool to hear and kind of let me know that I had some value in their eyes already. So that was exciting. And uh, yeah, just a, a weird day overall. Yeah, I can imagine. And you said you were pretty speechless. What like feelings were you feeling at that moment? Were you like, oh, God, my whole world is turned upside down. <laughs> Right. I don't really remember. It was just weird. Like, Can't like you ever just big, big news and then you don't know how to react to it. That's just how that was. I guess I, I didn't have any good feelings or bad feelings. It was just weird, a weird situation at the time. I'm sure you were super stressed out in that Waffle House. And luckily you were in a Waffle House so you could carp load on those waffles. But I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. So you've worked out good. And now let's talk about spring training. Do they give you much notice when to report? No, they do not. <laughs> in professional baseball, it's it's really just fly by the seat of your pants. They could let you know one day before they want you to go somewhere and you better be there or else <laughs> there will be repercussions. They literally expect you to drop your life and just go. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you're, oh, you're yeah, very used yeah. to living in a suitcase, getting all your stuff in there and just heading out. Big time. Yeah. When I got moved up from uh, from low A to high A, luckily it was only like a three hour drive there. So I got to bring my truck. I got to pack up my apartment and everything. When I got moved to double A, they shipped me from North Carolina all the way to Texas. And so I could only bring a couple shirts. I mean, I had to pretty much live out of my backpack for the next month. So what's like your craziest like travel story? Because I'm sure oh, you, Lord. if you can even think of one. Because y'all are always on the road. I'm sure you watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah, you you definitely have, like, you learn, you pick up stuff along the way. Like some guys bring inflatable mattresses to put in the floor of the bus. No way. How yeah. does that work? Like they'll bring, like a battery, they'll bring a battery powered pump and they'll blow it up in the floor. Because like when I got to Texas, everything yeah. was like, like a 10 hour car ride or bus ride. And so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, people will bring big coolers and stuff and like fill them with snacks for the week, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's it's brutal. You learn something new every day on Sideline Attraction. And I did not know that today I would be learning that you can bring a blow up mattress on a bus. But you heard it here first. All right. It's game time. And I call this my two minute drill. And I have my handy dandy pom pom here to help me. And this pom pom is filled with questions like every strand of pom-pom has a question and yes it did take me forever probably about a week plus so this game is legit and i'm going to ask you 
questions from my pom-pom for two minutes. There's no rhyme to reason for these questions, and I call the shots in this game, so nothing is off limits. So let's do this. Are you ready? Okay. Your timer starts in three, two, one. Bikini or one piece? Bikini. Electric stove or gas stove? Electric. Hotel or Airbnb? Hotel. Walmart or Target? Walmart. Reggae or pop? Pop. Sight or sound? Light. Freckles or dimples? Freckles. Parking ticket or speeding ticket? Parking ticket. Be painfully aware or blissfully arrogant? Painfully aware. Perfect teeth or perfect hair? Teeth. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Ferrari. Underwear or commando? (laughs) Underwear. (laughs) Yellow or orange? Orange. Barefoot or shoes? Shoes. Be attacked by one gorilla or seven wolves? Ooh. (laughs) Gorilla. (laughs) Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. Hide and seek or obstacle courses? Hide and seek. Calendar or cell phone alerts? Cell phone. Disney or Universal? Disney. Be loved or feared? Loved. Last one. Smoothie or milkshake? Milkshake. Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Before you leave, I need to know one fun fact about Luke Berry Hill we did not learn today. Oh, man. I used to be able to ride a unicycle. A unicycle? A unicycle. I used to. Were you in the circus? I'm kidding. Do what? I said, were you in the circus? I was not in the circus. <laughs> one, of buddies, one of my buddies from, I think my freshman year of high school, his family actually was in a circus. And so no um, he, he could ride like a six foot tall unicycle and juggle at the same time. I thought it was the coolest thing. So I asked for a unicycle for, for Christmas one year and learned how to ride it. <laughs> was that hard? Did you have to like squeeze your court? Like, did you have to balance? Oh yeah. It was, it yeah. was insanely hard. Like, you know, with a bike, if you get going downhill, and you could you don't have to pedal anymore it'll just go with right. the unicycle it's always engaged so no matter how fast you were going you always had to keep pedaling right it was super hard i like, can't imagine going like, uphill I mean, oh yeah oh. oh your legs are getting such a workout <laughs> that sounds pretty challenging but impressive that doesn't surprise me you can do it <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing you can pull out of your bag of tricks I hear you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to watch your journey and cheer you on this season and reach your ultimate dream of making it to the bigs one day. I appreciate it, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.